Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. This podcast is slowly but surely growing, but it's a very slow process. So if you could just tell your friends about it, if you enjoy it, spread the word. Um, if you give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that would be massively appreciated. I'm really trying to get my message out there and just generally try to help people, you know, optimize their body. So yes, here we are. And I am six days in to no coffee. Are you proud of me? You should be, because um, the last time I tried quitting coffee, I failed miserably. As I've said before, you know, it is it is a drug, it's a stimulant, so uh, it is addictive, and it has some amazing health benefits, but there is a dark side to it as well. But, I mean, come on, it's not like a hard drug or anything. It's just, um, yeah, so I wanted to challenge myself because when I, when I did quit it about, I think it's about 18 months ago, I cut it out, I felt much better. Energy levels, just generally, my overall energy was better, um, and it just felt good. And then what I would do is just have pre-training or... You know, when I felt I needed it, I'd have it and I'd get a massive boost from it. Um, and just obviously your tolerance levels drop as you as you uh, reduce the amount you have. So I was only having like two cups a day. But anyway, um, what I'm going to do now, I got this from another good podcast, folks, uh, Ben Greenfield. Check out Ben Greenfield Fitness. It's an amazing podcast. I learned a lot of stuff from him. He's a genius. And uh, that's what he does. He cycles coffee three weeks on and then three weeks off, or should I say caffeine. Um, actually, I think it's coffee mainly, so he'll have very little caffeine for three weeks, and then he'll have three weeks of coffee, yeah? So it's really good to cycle things like that because the body will respond much better. And to be honest, it was just I know that sounds a bit like too far-fetched, but for me it was more a case of like I depended on it. So um, I would be like, right, I have my one in the morning before my clients, and then I would depend on that second one like midday-ish to keep me going then through the afternoon. You know, it was like, right, I've got to have that to get this done kind of thing you know that's the way I looked at it and it's like it's just a bit I don't like to rely on stuff you know I like to be strong minded enough to get shit done without relying on things like that but listen anyway Geez, you would think I'd had a coffee now, wouldn't you? I'm just excited to speak to you all. Um, no, but yeah, so uh, the first two days, I was getting headaches and stuff. I'm not going to lie. Withdrawals, they say the first five to seven days are the hardest in terms of the withdrawals. But yeah, I had two days, didn't feel too good. I tell you what, though, folks, I tell you what's taking a big hit is my training, though. Jeez. It's um, a lot harder. It's actually quite miserable lifting weights without it. But um yeah, it's just a challenge, and I'm, I'm not going to cut it out forever. It has some great health benefits. Um, and anyway, that's what I wanted to uh, – the three topics today anyway, just so you know what's going down. I'm going to talk about the benefits of coffee because it is an amazing tool, and uh, it makes you feel great, doesn't it? Let's face it, it gives you a kick. I just wanted to run through the benefits of it because it is a very, very, very um, – beneficial thing to include in your arsenal um, if you're using it properly caffeine or coffee whatever that's the first topic then is the uh, pros and cons of coffee and caffeine the second is I had people request a few people request and um, I'm going to address two I really want to thank everyone as well for direct messaging me on Instagram by the way feel free to do that for the next podcast if you're listening to this now if you can um, if you can direct message me on Instagram at Martin Silver Fitness okay follow me first and then direct message me any questions or anything you want me to cover um, on the next episode and I'll see what I can do obviously I couldn't address everyone who I was, I was actually overwhelmed by the amount of people that were actually interested because I, you know, I didn't think um, I don't think I have a great deal of listeners just yet but I mean um, the ones who are listening are clearly interested so that's great and uh, yeah so I had at Sinead so at Sinead MCD dot one she messaged me and she wants me to talk about the contraception pill and how that relates to the ability to build muscle uh, and get in shape essentially and how that relates uh, you know I can I can delve a bit deeper then and try and relate um, sorry try to explain how that can affect your performance in the gym your ability to build muscle and um, yeah I can, I can go deeper into that so uh, I'm going to talk about that and also um, my friend Jenna she's known as at Jen 
Jen Ann. So that's at J E N N E at Jen Ann. Go check her out. She's got a really good page. Uh, in fact, go and check Sinead out as well. <laughs> but yeah, check check Jen out because um, she's doing a competition. I think in about ten weeks. The first, um, com- I believe she's doing. WBFF or maybe she's doing another one anyway she's doing her first bikini competition in about 10 weeks time I believe and she puts out some really good content on her Instagram so go follow her as well uh, she dropped me a message and said um, she wants me to talk about how because obviously I've competed a lot of times and she wants me to talk about how you know I can relate this to the average person as well by the, by the way folks just in case you're thinking well I'm not thinking of doing a competition you know um I can kind of relate it to everything because she wants me to talk about you know like saying no to social events as you're getting closer to stepping on stage you know you've got to make sacrifices and you have to you have to say no to a lot of you know exciting things and we all know about FOMO how much of an illness that is you've all heard of FOMO I mean should I say F-O-M-O FOMO it's actually an illness no it's not an illness um but fear of missing out now we all know that don't we do you know when you're like in on a Saturday night and you're like oh your mates are all out you're looking on their looking on their gram or their snapchat looks like they're having a whale of a time but in reality it's normally just another night out isn't it let's face it you're not always missing out on a great deal but in your head it's like that FOMO kicks in it's like you're you're missing out so anyway when you're prepping for a comp you know it does get to a point which I'll I'll kind of I'll kind of um reiterate a bit more on this I'm trying to use different words here. I'm just going to stick to the basics. What am I doing? Right. I'll talk more about this later anyway. I'll talk more about um, saying no, you know, the art of willpower and, and you know, the power of habit. Um, and, and obviously when you're prepping for a comp, like I said, you need to be completely, when you get to, let's say, about four weeks out for me is the way I looked at it. When I got, it depends, you know, where you are on your schedule and how, how well you're looking and feeling or whatever. But for me, when I got about four weeks out for my last comp, that's when I was like, right. I'm saying no to everything now and I'm just literally putting my you know you put your all into it anyway but as it gets as it gets closer it's like you live breathe and eat stepping on that stage and that's it nothing else comes in the way so um, in order to be at your best and obviously I got to the professional level and I've done it naturally without any out any steroids and stuff so <clears throat> and obviously I was competing in the um, untested federation so you know, a lot of the guys probably were taking stuff, but I'm not taking any credit away from them because regardless of what you take, it takes, you know, hard work either way. But um, I just think when you're natural, you do have to go the extra mile. I don't care what anyone says. You have to put more work in. You can't, you're not cutting corners. So um, for me, it was like, right, four weeks out, boom, I'm going to be dialed and um, I'm going to put absolutely everything into it. And, and that's the way it is, really. So, um, yeah, I'll talk a bit more about that. And uh, that's pretty much it. So that's the three topics. Uh, contraception pill and the ability to build muscle. Saying no to social events, ETC, when prepping for a competition. And the pros and cons of coffee and caffeine. Now, let's start off with... I'm going to go with uh, Jenna's question. And the art of saying no. Because this one, I think, is going to get you more um, intrigued. Because <clears throat> when you know, if, you, if you're looking to, to obtain good health... Let's just look at the um, let's just look at the, the four pillars of health, right? To be an overall healthy human. Now, this is mentally, physically, and emotionally. In order to be a, a healthy human, the four pillars of health are I should remember this: sleep, exercise, nutrition, and social connections. There's another word for it, but yeah, basically, you know, having relationships with people. So those four things are essential for. You know, for overall health. Now, in order to in order to uh, build a good-looking body and achieve great health internally and you know longevity and whatnot, you know, you have to have a reasonable amount of willpower. Now, it goes without saying, you know. Um, and what I find is uh, quite a lot is, <clears throat> you know, people will say, like I've had before, like, oh, you know, it's okay for you. you you got willpower, you know. I find it really hard. Like I've had clients say that to me in the past and uh, just, just people in general, like when I, when I was prepping for comps or, or whatever because um, I'm, you know, like a lot of, a lot of people I know like um, who, who are super healthy and into their training, they're in shape all year round, you know, and that's, that's the way it should be because if you're healthy, it's not about being shredded and looking amazing all year round, which I do, by the way. Nah, joking. No, nah, but it's not about being shredded. I'm such a dick. Uh, about being shredded 
excited and looking good all year round, you know, and being like, oh, look at him, he looks, you know, being that kind of head turn and physique. It's not about that. It's about looking healthy, just being relatively lean, feeling good. You know, I can tell with people. Like, I, I, look, I pick up on these markers, um, you know, like skin, all these kind of things. You look at someone's skin, I can tell, you know, normally, you know, hormones get involved with that as well when people have, you know, but, you know, stuff, stuff like skin and, um, you know, just generally how people look, you know, their eyes, all these kind of things are markers as to how healthy they are. Now, um, where was I going with that? Yeah, God, I need to start drinking coffee again. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be a long one, folks. Just stay with me. Bear with me. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm just going to say about, about, yeah, about, you know, about being healthy and, and, and willpower and looking good and, and feeling good. If you, um, people have said to me in the past, you know, willpower and, oh, it's okay for you because you've got willpower. You can do it. It's like, well, I've had to work on that willpower for years and years. You know, just like anything, any habit you build up, whether that be good or bad, you know, um, let's just talk about the good ones. You need to say no to certain things and you need to be, like form habits right so that's what it comes down to when it comes to willpower it becomes habit it becomes second nature right um i'm, I'm reading a really really good book now called the power of habits um it's a very common book it's a top seller and um maybe some of you have read it but if you haven't i would highly recommend that the power of habit is fantastic can't think of the author is but um it says in the book based on studies and they've done on the brain and stuff and, and certain people and, and like studies of humans <clears throat> they find that about 40% of the things we do in life are habit they're not decisions so you know let's just say 60% decisions and 40% habit now most of the things you do on a day to day basis are going to be based on the habits you formed over X amount of time now certain habits don't take long to form other habits take longer to, to develop you know now that's when it comes to willpower Will, with willpower it takes time but I don't think it's all about willpower, as I say, because I think the habits are so powerful that when people have said that to me in the past, oh, you know, will, will, it's okay, you've got willpower. It's like, no, you do have to build that up and work on it. But when you start getting into the habit, for example, I'm just going to try and relate now more specifically to Jenna's question because I'm going off on a bit of a tangent. But, for example, she's 10 weeks out from a competition right now. And um, it comes to a point then where you've got to start saying no to things. I think, to be honest, Jenna, I'm going to address you um, personally, or anyone, you know, it might be certain people listening to this who want to do a competition or maybe are currently prepping for a competition. I'm prepping a girl now, actually. I don't know whether she even listens to my podcast, but um, I know she's prepping for, for a show, and she's, um, I should know this, uh, she's around about six weeks out now. And um, hang on, June the 10th, where are we at now? Yeah, she's five or six weeks out. And it gets to a point where you do, you kind of, you don't have to, to say no to these things but in reality if you want to turn up on stage looking at your best and you want to know that you've left no stones unturned um, then you need to say no to certain social events and stuff because yes you can you can use the willpower you've built up right because to get to a point where you're going to be doing a competition um, if you're you know if you've done it properly and you are going to look good on stage which is you know what it's all about really I mean yes you know people say this a lot which I find quite um, I mean it's interesting each, each of their own but I, like I'm just doing it for the experience I get that but I don't get that because I'm extremely competitive. So I, I, I mean, I, obviously I do certain things in life for the experience. I want to be present and enjoy my life. But when it comes to competing against people, I'm not doing that for the experience. I'm doing it to win it. So um, for me personally, it's to bring the best package and turn up uh, on the day at your best. Then um, it's a, a psychological thing, really, when it comes to saying no to things. Because the last thing you want is, for example, um, you're say four weeks out from a competition. It's one of your friend's birthdays. Everyone's going out or whatever, and um, you know it's a big one. They're like, "Oh, just come along. You don't have to drink or whatever." And you, you all know this one, folks, don't you? And then you rock up, and you know the temptations there. It's tough. It's tough with alcohol. I mean, maybe some of you don't drink alcohol, but I enjoy to have a few. I enjoy having a few drinks here and there. I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, "I don't like alcohol." I'm I mean, I understand that. That's great. If you don't like alcohol, that's awesome because uh, it's bad for you. But I do like having a few drinks here and there. And um, if I'm going to go out in that kind of situation, I've got a competition and I put myself in that environment with people who are um, going all out and drinking and getting smashed, then you know what it's like then. People get drunk. They lose their inhibitions and they're just like trying to force feed you drinks, buying you shots and stuff and trying to get you twisted because although they care about your comp, let's face it, when people are pissed up, 
<clears throat> they don't really give a, a rat's ass about someone's competition. They just want to get you twisted with them, don't they? So uh, when you, um, if you put yourself in that environment, you're kind of in the lion's den is the way I look at it. And uh, if you do slip up then, because it does happen. I mean, I, I know people who competed and they drank and partied right up until two weeks out. I mean, each to their own, but that comes down to other things as well where it comes to like, that, that's what I notice is like there's people I've known who, who've taken gear for shows, um, which a lot of people do nowadays which again I'm not frowning upon each to their own um, but they can get away with doing stuff like that a lot more than someone who's natural because they are pretty much 24 hours anabolic so if they're taking tests for example or steroids or anything um, their body's 24 hours anabolic pretty much so they haven't got to worry about slipping up close to the date because they can dial it in faster but when it's someone who's natural and they're not cutting corners guess what you're not bloody 24 hours anabolic in fact you're, you're as catabolic as they come at that point when it gets close to the date so you, catabolic means you're in you're not in a muscle building state so um, you have to make sure you do everything you can to put yourself in an anabolic state which is training all the time sleeping well and all these things so um saying no to those things are, are really important i think so but at the same time you know um as i said like so basically let me just give you an example now jen um or anyone who's who's actually tuned into to what i'm saying um well, i done the world championship competition uh basically wbff world championships my first pro level competition that was two years ago almost now and i was ahead of schedule for that um I had a coach who was really, really good as well, um, Jamie Alderton, at Grenade J on Instagram. Go check him out. And he was coaching me, and I was well ahead of schedule. So, like, 12 weeks out, I had this event, this fitness expo, and I was already really lean, pretty much shredded 12 weeks out. Um, so then it was a case of uh, I didn't have to go into too much of a calorie deficit and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, when I got to about six weeks out is when I really focused on dialing it in then. Um, so I said, right, got the six weeks out. I thought, no drinking. Now, was that necessary? Maybe maybe not necessary six weeks out. The, the, where I was at in terms of my physique and my training, I didn't need to cut it out six weeks out. I probably got a good away with doing it up until about three weeks out. But um, I wanted to do it because I wanted to make sure, like I said, I left no stones unturned. And I was stepping on that stage with my best package, you know. So um, <clears throat> I stopped drinking six weeks out. Um, I think I still went to one or two social events now. So personally, what I did is if I wanted to, if I felt like, right, okay, it's my mate. For example, I think it was my mate's girlfriend's birthday. I think it was about three weeks out from a comp. <clears throat> and um, I turned up. Obviously, I didn't drink. Uh, they were all getting quite rowdy, but it wasn't too bad, luckily. They weren't completely, like, ruined because I got there early. But I got there early, and I left early. So I turned up. I did want to go because I wanted to see my friends. But at that point, you know... <laughs> You, most most of the time you don't want to be you don't want to you don't really want to it's very tough because you're so antisocial with it um, by the way sorry about the background those peeps I'm uh, doing this at the gym so I normally do it at home but don't get much motivated don't care uh, much more motivation sat in my living room doing it for some reason so uh I'm at the gym. Anyway, so I went to my mate's girlfriend's thing, and um, where was I going? I was saying, that's right, yeah. So I would, if it, it gets to a point where you don't really want to communicate much with people. I know it sounds quite like, oh, wow, that's it is like that. Like, I mean, when it gets close to the date, you know, you run down. Your immune system shot to bits, really. You're not in a necessarily healthy state. You're really not because if you've done it properly, your body fat's down super low and you don't really want to go to these events. It's not a case of like the temptation. You don't want to go, you know? Um, but I, I actually did want to go because at this point I'd learned a lot about my body and I did. I felt good. Energy was good and I felt great leading right up to it this time around. So if you do it properly, you should feel relatively good um, doing it. But everyone's different. And um, I turned up show my face um, they were all drinking I didn't drink I stayed there for a few hours and then I went home nice and early so I showed my face I got, I got the pressure obviously even though they knew I was doing a comp they were like oh, go on just have one drink like my mates winding me up and stuff but um, I didn't so I wouldn't say necessarily you have to say no it's not like I can't right so this is another thing I've mentioned a lot of times in the past never say to yourself I can't do this even if you're doing a competition I wouldn't say I can't go to this social event because that is going to piss you off. Most of the time, that is going to get under your skin. 
and it's very restrictive. I mean, doing a competition, you have to be restrictive, right? But if you're too restrictive, guess what? It's going to make you even more moody. It's going to increase, most likely increase your stress hormone levels, which are not good because we all know, like, well, maybe we don't all know, but for example, cortisol, the stress hormone, um, it's, a, it's a fast storing hormone, so you don't really want to be pumping that up too much. And uh, if, if it means those social interactions are going to benefit you leading up to your show, then go ahead. Obviously, you don't have to drink. Just chill out with people for an hour or so, and then uh, just go home. So you choose not to do these things. And I can relate this to, to um, the average person listening to this as well, because I know most of you listening are not even <clears throat> going to fathom doing a bloody competition. But you do want to get fit and healthy and you want to learn more, whatever the reason is you listen to this. <clears throat> but for the average person, never really say to yourself, I can't. You choose not to do these things. Or even when it comes to to doing certain things that you want to achieve, you choose to do these things. So yes, you're going to get stressed at times when you can't get those things done. But listen, you don't have to do these things. Most of the time you choose to do them. So... Um, just say right. I, just say to yourself, listen. I choose not to go here. I don't. I don't, I don't want to go. It's not like I can't go. I'm just not going to. I made a decision not to go to this social engagement. I've got a show in. Like she's talking about. Jenna's talking about ten weeks out right now, right? So, I think that's a bit personally. Ten weeks out from a show to actually stop. I mean, again, if you don't want to go to these social events because you want to stay focused on your comp and whatnot, and you think it's going to impede on that, maybe or whatever it is, or you think it might put you at risk, like I said, put you in the lion's den, then by all means, choose not to do it. But um, don't be too restrictive that far out is my is my um, advice. Definitely not. Um, I know she has a coach anyway, so hopefully he'll be keeping her on point. But what I'm trying to say is don't, the last thing you want to do is is, is blow out, rebound, and, and start stumbling as you get close to the stage. Yes, you want to be ahead of schedule, but going out on a social, and get, like, sorry, let's, let's, sorry, I was talking about alcohol then as well. I've gone off the boil right now. That's the big test. Sorry, I'm going to address this a bit better, Jenna. It's when you go to these social events, the food. Right, okay. I went off the board a bit there. That's the important thing. We all love food. I love food. Forget about alcohol. I'll choose food over alcohol at any time anyway. So um, if you go into a like a restaurant or something with people and you know there's going to be there's not many options on the menu for you to eat healthy. <clears throat> um, what I would, what I used to do before is like, I, like I said, I would say no. I said no to drinking six weeks out. Six weeks out. I went to an, uh, an engagement thing three weeks out for my show. But generally, about four weeks out, I'll just say no to these things because of the food. Now, could you go out and, and have a bad meal, and would it affect you on the day? Mm, yeah, probably. You could you could go out and have a bad meal, and would it would it affect you on the day? No, it probably wouldn't. Um, actually, almost definitely, it wouldn't. If you have, say three or four weeks out, but you know, you got to bear in mind that it's all the psychological elements. Which if you if you go out and there's a social engagement, you're going to go out. And you can have a shit meal or you think there's nothing on the menu, <coughs> sorry, even there's nothing on the menu available, um, then you um, might end up having a crap meal and feeling like crap afterwards. And then, you know, you might, you could, the binge eating disorder is very common, especially if you've been restricting your calories and it might trigger off a binge. So you've got to be mindful of that. So um, what I would say to do now in hindsight, because I've learned a lot since I competed last, is... Um, don't go. Don't be too hard on yourself too soon. Um, I would say two weeks out from the comp, uh, at least two. I say two or three weeks out. Don't eat out at all. Definitely don't eat out. Everything. I mean, you're probably not going to anyway because you're a coach. But don't eat out because it's not so much about the. It's not even about the calories. It's about the sodium and whatever else they add. You don't know what they're putting in there, and then it, and then the water retention. So. Just in case you don't know what I'm talking about, folks, the water and and your ability to dry out properly, so to speak, on stage is really, really important. So <clears throat> you need to be looking dry on stage and not holding water. So if you turn up on stage and you're, um, you have water retention, you're going to look softer and it's definitely going to go against you. So when it comes to eating a meal out, you know, and, eat, and eating out and maybe whatever it is, dropping your guy close to the date, I would avoid that because um, you just don't know you know how that's going to affect uh, water fluctuations and all that kind of stuff. So, um, what I would say, Jen, just to wrap it up. Sorry, I hope, I hope this has helped a bit. But uh, <clears throat> I, I kind of, um, I, I make like a list, but it doesn't always go to plan. So I'm just going off on one. But um, what I would say to summarize: don't eat out two or three weeks out. Just don't risk it. Um, don't be too hard on yourself too soon. If you're going to go out with mates, um, 
you know, eye up the menu, see if there's anything reasonable you can have on the menu. Um, now, like any any time between now, so you're like ten weeks out and, and say three or four weeks out, let's say, um, you know, just just do what you got to do. But then, as it gets closer within that last month, um, yeah, it just comes down to actually saying no and, and having the power to say no and just let's face it, um, the the, the more, best motivation I can give you really to actually say no and to, to have the willpower to go through the pain, so to speak, because we feel like it's quite painful when people are out enjoying themselves and you can't but remember it's not that you can't it's because you've chosen to do this show you choose not to go out you've chosen to do this so just remember i would say to yourself i choose not to do it when it comes to three four weeks out okay so um just stay away from that environment and just think it's a flash in the pan as well like if you think about um the reward of getting up on that stage bring in your best package you know it's not even about it's not all about winning for me it was very important because I'm very competitive um, but I, I just learned to improve my physique every time that was that was my goal so every time I competed if, if I stepped on stage regardless of the results if I didn't look as good then that is what would really grind me down so it's about actually bringing a better package every time so just imagine the feeling the reward the elation of actually getting on that stage um getting out of your comfort zone you know because the, the hardest thing about the first comp is actually you know striking the poses and getting on that stage so you know um you just gotta just gotta focus on the bigger picture and um yeah just just keep it dialed as you get closer as you get like a month within just just start saying no to more things i would say <laughs> i hope that helps anyway i try my best <clears throat> anyway folks but you can relate that to, to just uh, just general things in life you know you choose not to do things it's not that you can't do them don't ever say i can't do it for example this 28 day challenge i'm doing now the fat burning challenge I've, I've i've got a facebook group so i keep saying to people on the on the group you know um if life gets in the way when you get to the weekend or whatever and I haven't said, by the way, I haven't said on the 28-day challenge you can't have alcohol. I've just advised them what kind of alcohol to have, such as, like, red wine. Um, I, I know it's got calories in it, but, like, one or two glasses of red wine with a meal or something is not going to hurt once or twice a week. But other than that, you know, it's only 28 days. Again, we can relate this to the uh, competition, but my challenge is 28 days. So if you're going to have a – it's about being, being good most of the time. You know, it's not about being perfect. So just remember that, you know, I, I'm not going to go I'm not going to go on too much more now because I'll just start repeating myself. <laughs> so that's the end of that one. Um, yeah. And I wanted to talk about um, addressing at Sinead MCD.1. So I guess her name is Sinead McDonald or McDonnelly or whatever it is. Sinead, um, I'm going to answer this for you now because I do get this is a very good question because I... Uh, we, we skimmed over this last week at the podcast with uh, Mickey Parker, <clears throat> but we didn't go into a great deal of detail, so I'll try and go into more detail now. But um, yeah, so the contraception pill, now it's very, very common uh, nowadays, obviously, for a woman to be taking the contraception pill. And um, obviously it is going to have a direct effect on absolutely everything in your body if you're taking that personally i mean we all know it's not ideal to be taking something that is going to that is going to have a direct effect on your hormones is it really i mean not always in certain cases you need to take things but generally it's going to do something to your hormones which is not always going to be beneficial yes it's going to stop you from getting pregnant but obviously everything comes at a bit of a price so it's it's not ideal for the body obviously to be for people to be taking this women to be taking this but it's got to be done and it's going to have a massive effect on the whole chemistry of your body on all of your hormones on pretty much everything so i'll, I'll say that straight with you as well um, in fact what's really fascinating is um they don't this this is not actually planned but i just wanted to share this with you this is how powerful those contraceptive pills are <clears throat> now i don't know the details of these studies but they've done studies on women who were taking the contraceptive pill and women who weren't what they found is which is really fascinating is they were attractive attracted to to different they, they, they basically their taste in men completely changed so um and apparently like the way they dance and stuff is different when they're in clubs to attract certain mates and um apparently women who don't take the contraception pill i think were more attracted to the rugged kind of looking guy you know or like a guy like the macho kind of looking guy strong jawbone you know that kind of look 
Um, whereas a women taking the contraceptive pill were more attracted to uh, men who would be more of a um, you know a good bear of their child kind of thing. So just um, guys who are not as masculine, maybe uh, they were more women who took the pill were more kind of um, wanted the, the secure option, if you like, and going for a guy who would be. <clears throat> kind of a better father as opposed to a guy with higher testosterone levels or whatever so I don't know if that makes much sense to you but it just goes to show that it does completely alter the brain so um, it does completely alter your brain chemistry and when it comes to building muscle um, I looked into some studies actually prior to this uh, podcast <clears throat> and it is going to completely um, it, it does alter your steroid hormone levels so yes it's going to have an effect on uh, your ability to build muscle and um, I'm actually going to bring those studies up now as well but yeah it does have a direct effect on your, um, your anabolic hormone levels which we need to build muscle such as uh, the types of testosterone like DHEA um, I'm just going to run through these studies with you now it's really fascinating actually because um, women who take the contraceptive pill have said they've done a study for three times a week for 10 weeks and the researchers had 73 young women so I know it's not on a big big scale this study so you know it's not going to be um, 100% accurate but it gives you an idea 73 young women aged between 18 and 34 years old they um, were to complete 13 different exercises the regimen was intense working muscles throughout the body um, none of the recruits were regularly worked out beforehand but they sure were now Okay, I didn't know it was going to be this long a story. Cut to the chase. Um, each had to complete a resistance, resistance training against weights that were individually tailored to worker muscles at 70% of their maximum strength. By the way, folks, 75% is kind of the optimum intensity you want, really, um, for building muscle as such, hypertrophy. And um, 34 of them, out of those 73, were taking some kind of oral contraceptive. Um, and what happened was um, they gained 2.1% muscle mass over the trial, right? So they did gain muscle, but a very, very small amount. And that is 40, a staggering 40% less than the group who are not on the pill. So um, the guy who actually run the study said that he found the women using the oral contraception had dramatically lower blood levels of natural anabolic, as in muscle building hormones, um, that the recruits on the pill didn't have. So the anabolic hormones, including, like I said, DHEA, which is a type of testosterone, I think, um, and basically what, what it says is uh, the non-pill users also had oh wait there okay so the women who were taking the pill also the women who were taking the pill had um, drastically higher levels of um, cortisol in the blood which as I said earlier is the stress hormone and that is a catabolic hormone so it's associated with the breakdown of muscle right cortisol so if you've got too much of that in the bloodstream that's going to um, have an adverse effect on muscle building so obviously that is just a small study but it gives you an idea and um I just wanted to also relate Sinead. Um, I hope that uh, that helped a little bit. That study gives you an idea, but I wouldn't read too much into that and panic too much kills because the bottom line is I'm going to run through this now. That's just a study. Um, it's it's pretty obvious, really, that I think most for most women, maybe they might be a, they might not build as much muscle as the average woman, but I don't think there's going to be a great deal in it. I think 40% less. I think that's a bit drastic, but. I guess that's what that study said. Um, <clears throat> but I think you need to focus on covering the, the big rocks in life, really. So whether or not you're taking the pill, if you ask me, when it comes to building muscle, as I've said numerous times, it's the fundamentals. It's the important things, right, which are going to make a massive, massive difference on your... Whether or not you're sending the, the signals for your body to build muscle. Um, so, for, for example, getting enough sleep. Trying to, you know, I've gone through this millions of times. Try and get a minimum of, say, seven hours sleep a night, or everyone's different. Find the sweet spot for you. Like, the sweet spot for me is about seven hours sleep. Um, you know, I can function well on six. Anything less than that, I'm terrible. Um, eight hours, great, perfect. Any more than eight, I get a bit sluggish. So, I mean, everyone's different, but getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, food, what food you do, you know, let's go back to the four pillars of health, you know, nutrition, exercise, sleep, and social connections. Look at those four things. Um, you know, how are your relationships with people? Are you, are you happy with, you know, the way your relationships are going with people? Are you having a lot of stress with relationships? Um, are you getting enough sleep um, consistently? Because even one bad night's, bad night's sleep can have a real, like sleep is vital. It's so, so important. So even one bad night's sleep 
Uh, they've linked to insulin resistance over one night. can make you more insulin resistant the next day, which means um, like less sensitive to carbohydrates. So you'll store carbs or, um, as fat easier and, and basically just, just generally in a worse state of health the next day just after one night's sleep. Uh, not to mention your concentration levels and um, you know your, your hormones and all the rest of it. So these are the important things really when it comes to building muscle. So if you ask me... Um, if you if you got those things in place, it's not going to be you're going to be splitting hairs when it comes to worrying about building muscle. If you're focusing on the most important things, like I said, eating the right foods, blah 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 blah. But what I would recommend is uh, Sinead, is is maybe getting some. I, I don't know whether you're. I don't know whether you directly are kind of um, struggling with building muscle, or if you're just inquiring because you're intrigued about it, but. Um, what I would recommend doing is getting getting blood tests and maybe getting your hormones checked just to see where you're at. I think maybe I think maybe doing that regular might be um, might be an idea for you. So um, so yeah, so I think doing that on a regular basis, maybe every few months or every six months, checking up your um, your hormone levels and getting getting regular tests to make sure everything's in check. And um, obviously, you know, all the rest of it, getting your blood sugars and. Even if you can get if you can get a if you can get a like a food toler, uh, food intolerance test, I'd highly recommend that. Although I haven't had one yet, I need to get one. Look at me, I should be practicing what I preach. But you know, just getting your um, your gut checked one way or another, um, and just making sure all the all the foundations are there really, um, and, and you're not going to have any issues really. I mean, it might be a bit slower than someone who's not taking the pill. And and to be honest though. Um, they, certain certain people can have really bad long term effect from the concept of pills. So you, you may need to make sure that you know just to try and be in tune with your body. And if if you're getting any any symptoms or any negative kind of uh, effects in terms of your energy or you know um, your stress levels and you, you know your mind state and stuff like that, then you might want to switch pills or or look deeper into that. But for example, I've got a, a girl who's also her name's Sinead actually, and I'm prepping her for a competition now. And she, she's actually, she's taught me a lot about it actually because, um, oh, let me just see if I can remember this rightly now. She actually, she actually sent me over this book, which I'll, I'll bring up for you now, Sinead, as well, which I haven't actually read yet because I've just gone by what she's saying. Um, but I will bring that up for you now in a minute. Now in a minute. That's a, that's a Welsh thing, by the way. That's what we say in Wales. Doesn't make any sense now in a minute. But, um, yeah, so, uh, I'll bring that up for you. But she says that, um, on her cycle, um, and this is, this has been, um, like across the board, really, they find this is quite, quite common is, um, within the menstrual cycle, I think within the first 14 days, I mean, for example, there's like 16 different types of estrogen in the body, I think. So it's very complex, but I'm pretty sure um, progesterone, I think, may be dominant. It's, it's either progesterone, is, which is, I think, I think it's the... Um, the uh, kind of opposite hormone to estrogen, if you like, where it um, kind of has, it, it does the opposite thing to estrogen, kind of in the body. I think I should know this, but I think that is dominant um, within the first two weeks, I believe, the menstrual cycle. So that, um, uh, either way, the first two weeks are meant to be the roughest when it comes to strength, building muscle, uh, and just generally, I think the first two weeks for most women um, um, are kind of the worst when it comes to gym performance, building muscle, energy, and stuff like that. Uh, and then I believe um, that the last two weeks generally uh, are a bit easier as, as the hormones kind of balance out or wherever it is. But um, yeah, so so that's that's what I've learned from her is like the first the first couple of weeks are just not um, the best when it comes to um, strength and stuff like that. For example, I remember her saying she was doing, I think her PB on the deadlift was like 105 kilos, I believe. And then when she hit the first um, week of her menstrual cycle, she couldn't even pull like 85 kilos. So she dropped like 25% or whatever it is, strength <clears throat> within like a week or two. That's, that's kind of the, uh, that's how um, much of an effect it has. Um, you know, I'm talking about the menstrual cycle, by the way, now. Um, I'm just trying to relate this to, um, you know, I'm just trying to relate this to females in general. Now, I'm obviously elaborating a bit. I know it was about the concept and pill, but I want to now delve a bit deeper into, yeah, the menstrual cycle in general is, is going to play a part in, in energy levels and whatnot. Um, but what I'm going to do is I believe this book uh, she sent me has got some things in there in relation to the contraceptive pill and whatnot. So um, I'll forward that book on to you, Sinead, right? I'll, uh, I'll send you a DM now so I can get your email address and I'll send that book over. It might be, might be quite handy. Um, but yeah, just to summarize that, in general, 
it sounds like women are going to build generally slightly less muscle if taking the contraceptive pill but it's nothing to read into focus on the important things training programming you know training properly getting enough sleep getting the right food in um, nutrient deficiencies that's why I say get blood tests you know get tests on um, <clears throat> get tests on uh, your hormones and stuff to see if you have um, any deficiencies sorry uh, um, nutrient deficiencies and whatnot. get your hormones checked get a full spectrum of tests blood tests and uh, and see where you're at so then because the best day, you know that's why optimize your body you know it's like the better state of health you're in um, this is what I've learned the better state of health you're in then the better you're going to look, the better you're going to perform, and all the rest of it. So make health a priority, get your shit checked up, uh, and see where you're at, really. I hope that's helped a bit. Anyway, um, Sinead, like I said, I hope that's helped a bit. I'm going to move on to coffee now and caffeine. Now, this is this is quite, um, what's it called? Quite interesting, actually. Lots of crazy, amazing studies, on co- which is why I'm not going to cut coffee out forever, by the way. It's just wanted to challenge myself and enjoy the benefits more when I bring it back in. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, like, for example, it's it's good for the brain, okay? Now, um, oh, I can't remember. Again, I'm going to go into studies, but um, where I get these studies from are normally from respectable people, so they are, they are genuine. Um, obviously... We don't know shit, though. Always remember that, folks. That's the way I keep telling myself. Studies, yeah, okay, science, okay, whatever. But the bottom line is we don't know shit. So um, question everything. Uh, science is always changing. It's always changing. But this is where, you know, but there is going to be, the studies are going to give you some kind of feedback, right? So anyway, these studies done show that um, regular coffee drinkers, this is not... Um, this is not kind of like, um, what's the word, excessive coffee drinkers. This is people who drink, you know, like two or three a day, I guess. And this is, the thing is, folks, it's like um, people, a lot of us think, oh, yeah, I love coffee. I'm, you know, I love having a coffee. I'm, I, I can't go without. But mo- if you're not having a long black or espressos, or, you know, maybe if you're having coffee with a bit of milk, great. If you're having sugar in there, or you're having milk, like lattes, cabbage, most of the time, yes, you might, you're going to get a little bit of a kick from the coffee, but you're going to be after the sugar more than you are the actual coffee itself. So unless you're having just coffee like I have, like long blacks, or, or like you want to call it like black coffee in the UK or whatever, or Americanos in America, whatever, just straight coffee or espressos or whatever, then, you know, obviously, yeah, you like your coffee. I'm not saying you don't like your coffee if you're having like cappuccinos and lattes, but most of the time you're doing that for the hit of sugar. Because, you know, there's going to be, even if you're just having it like a, a plain latte, it's sugar and milk, right? Lactose and milk is, is addictive anyway. So, um, yes, just bear that in mind, you know, it's it's not always the coffee that you really want. So, um, but yeah, people who drank just coffee straight, um, with 13% less chance of depression. Um, now again, I don't know how they correlated this, um, but it does make sense because there's been proven beneficial effects of coffee on the gut. Now, as I've said before, night tonight, I'm going to bring coffee back in. I can't go on like this. Um, 90 to 95% of the serotonin receptors in the body are produced in the gut and a lot of other neurochemicals, like there's 20 other hormones produced in the gut. So it makes sense that if it has a beneficial effect on the gut, then it's going to help the mind. So yeah, 13% chance, less less chance, sorry, risk of uh, getting depression. 12% improved gym informants. They did a massive study on thousands of people can't remember how long the studies were done over but 12 percent improved gym inform, uh, performance now i can 100 percent i can 100 percent um vouch for this because my training this week has been a struggle as i said it's been a struggle it's not been enjoyable training i like you know i'm, I'm, I'm it's so much harder right and i feel that 12 percent, if not more in terms of my strength and stuff but i know after this week i'll be fine i'll be firing at all cylinders from next week but yeah 12% improved gym informants as well from caffeine coffee sorry and then um, what I'm going to do when I bring it back in here's a little tip for you folks very very handy tip actually if you mix coffee with um, fats some healthy fats or even saturated fats it'll give you more sustained energy it'll give you much more generally much more sustained energy because the fats slow down the the, uh, the breakdown of caffeine so um if you can get some mct oil yeah me- medium chain triglycerides if you can get mct oil and mix that into one of your smoothies or shakes or whatever um or into your coffee 
then um, sorry smooth as a shake I meant add that to your coffee MCT oil and uh, that's going to give you much more sustained energy coconut oil as well you don't have, like you can add it to your coffee personally I don't like the taste so I just have a teaspoon raw and then drink my coffee and it does give me a much more sustained energy um, cacao as well uh, if you can get raw cacao uh, butter as well you know bulletproof coffee they're talking about if you can get some organic butter like saturated fat it's going to slow down the release and it'll give you more of a kick for sure, uh, more of a sustained energy so you might want to try that as well um, but yeah with, with uh, caffeine what it does is it blocks off a neurotransmitter called adenosine um, and now uh, adenosine is, is the it tells us basically that we're fatigued we're tired and caffeine inhibits this so it stops it stops it, it makes us it doesn't make us realize that we're tired and blocks off that fatigue and then that as a result of that then it, your, your brain will pump out the stress hormones then um, cortisol uh, what was it? Cortisol, norepinephrine, and adrenaline. So um, it releases all stress, all free stress hormones. That sounds like it's bad, but it's not. It's actually good to have these stress hormones released. Just not. You don't want too much and, and too often, obviously. So uh, that then contributes to the release of dopamine in the brain, then, which gives you the mental clarity and whatnot. And it's a miracle, really, isn't it? Caffeine. It's great. So um, yes, it's just interesting. The science. That's that's the science behind it, anyway. In case you're wondering. Um, also increases metabolic rate, so it does help with fat burning. It's thermogenic, if you like, so <clears throat> it will elevate your metabolism. I think I looked at some studies, and it was by something like, um, was it 11% or something like that? Oh, it might have been 3%. Anyway, it does increase your metabolic rate, so it is good for fat burning. But at the same time, if you're having too many, um, again, everyone's different. So certain people can have four or five coffees, drink right before bed, go straight to sleep. doesn't affect them mentally. Whereas someone like me, for example, I'm very sensitive to, to coffee so um, I don't drink after about well, like 2 p.m. is my cutoff um, because it has coffee has a like a like a, a three-hour half-life so it's going to be in your system for about six hours and what they've what they've proven is um, if you if you drink coffee after midday generally um, you, you, your REM, the, the, the important part of your sleep, the deep sleep is not going to be as good. Even if you think you slept better, um, you're most likely better off cutting coffee out um, earlier in the day. But again, everyone's different. But even if you don't feel it, I, I, I just think generally having all that caffeine in your bloodstream whilst you go to bed is not going to be beneficial. So just be, just be mindful of that as well. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like it's all sorts of miracles. Like I can believe... Uh, the benefits when I looked more into it <clears throat> reduced risk of diabetes by 7% and that was a study done in 457,000 people by the way so um, reduced the risk of diabetes by 7% because of uh, obviously the effect it has on insulin so um, it has a, has a positive effect on uh, insulin sensitivity if used, you know, if not abused and, uh, you know, providing everything else is, is good, like you're, you're covering the big rocks, like I mentioned earlier, then, uh, yeah, it, it can reduce your risk of diabetes and uh, certain health ailments. There's a few other chronic uh, illnesses that it can help mitigate as well. But let's face it, again, it's towards the bottom of the list when it comes to um, uh, you know, mitigating chronic illnesses. You need to focus on the important stuff. But yes, yeah, it's, um, it's it's great. So, what I would say, folks, is use it as a tool. And if you're going to have it before training, try what I said and add some fats because it will slow down the breakdown. Uh, it'll give you more sustained energy, and uh, I definitely get better sessions. And I actually stopped doing it. I don't know why, but I will start doing that again. So yeah, just a teaspoon of coconut oil or uh, some butter. Maybe you could even just like, if you're going to make a smoothie, just throw your coffee in there. <clears throat> and just blend it up, blend it all up together, throw the butter in there, whatever you're going to throw in there, and just blend it all up and get it down you. <clears throat> whatever works for you. So, um, but yeah, there's obviously a dark side um, to coffee as well if you if you abuse it. Um, for example, one of my clients, I'm not going to mention her name, um, she'll have like she'll have about five coffees. Like I'll train her at 9:30 in the morning. She's already had five coffees, and. Um, yeah, and it's it's just I just tried telling her like it's not ideal because um, it, it's gonna put you. She's it's gonna, I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about you know personal issues or whatever, but it's gonna put you into more of a into a fight or flight response essentially when you have a coffee. So you know the adrenal glands are gonna pump out those stress hormones I talked about, and if you're having bloody five in the morning, then it's not doing your stress levels any favors, and it's probably not doing your metabolism any favors either because it's. Uh, it's it's overload essentially. So yeah, it'll be you in that fight or flight response. If you if you if you're someone who suffers from anxiety and stuff like that as well, 
<clears throat> then you might want to be mindful that you know coffee is a stimulant and it's probably you know it might be fine but just be mindful if you're having coffee and you suffer from anxiety it might kind of accelerate the issue and make it worse um dehydration as well like for example what i got people doing on my 28 day challenge is <clears throat> one of my rituals which i've only done for a few weeks but i'm definitely going to keep it going is first thing in the morning i'll have like 300 milliliters of warm water or hot water a quarter of a lemon squeezed and about three grams of pink himalayan salt and now pink himalayan salt has about over 60 different trace minerals in it so it's, it's really really good for you not to mention salt actually hydrates you people think it dehydrates you obviously it can if you have too much of it but um it's, it's vital for actually hydration because of uh, the effect it has on the uh, the water levels in your body and whatnot <clears throat> so have that in the morning first thing i would say if you can before you have your coffee bang in that um that drink i was talking about and uh, a quarter of a lemon three grams of pink himalayan salt warm water some people say it's a bit salty and they can't drink it i actually really like it if that's the case for you just don't have as much salt in it um, it's still going to benefit you because what I'm, what I'm, where I'm going with this is, you know, coffee can dehydrate you, right? So, it, you know, caffeine on its own will dehydrate you. Now, obviously, it's a bit over. I think people have gone over the top with it. It doesn't fully dehydrate you because you're having water with it. But if, when you get up in the morning, you're dehydrated to the max because you've having that water for eight, eight or, or whatever hours. So if you get up and just having coffees and not having much water, then you're just going to dehydrate yourself more, and you're not you're not setting yourself up to uh, to win the day. You know what I mean? If you want to, if you you know, let's face it, the things you do in the morning, um, they're gonna they're gonna dictate your whole day, really. So um, if you want to own the day, then your best bet is to um, hydrate. So try what I said, get that drink in, and then maybe maybe have your coffee after that or whatever but uh, don't just I wouldn't recommend just go straight into drinking coffee and not getting much water in um, but yeah just bang because that is the ultimate um, the ultimate mix that those three because digestion and, and everything really so so bang that in in the morning before you have your coffees <clears throat> yeah and uh, that's that's me done and dusted I uh, I've got nothing left peeps to be honest it's, it's a Friday it's 2pm um, I've had no coffee since Saturday uh, very very little caffeine I've just been having decaf, the odd decaf coffee and a little bit of green tea and I've had a busy week so uh, I'm going to sign out folks but um, you should definitely take a look uh, go over to my Instagram if you don't follow me on there then where have you been go check me out at Martin Silver Fitness and um, you can sign up for my 28 day fat burning challenge um, if you go to my Instagram click the link and uh, you know you're going to get some fantastic results if your goal is to lose body fat and to improve your health and uh, improve your relationship with food going forward this plan is a game changer so you can either go to my Instagram and click the link there or just go over to my website www.martin-silver.co.uk and you can you can check it out on there and sign up uh, yeah so so go check that out and like I said at the start if you can give me a rating and review on iTunes it'd be massively massively appreciated <clears throat> was there anything else I had to cover up Hmm, let me think. That's pretty much it. Anyway, folks, have a cracking weekend. And um, thank you very much for listening in. Like I said, go check me out on Instagram and uh, and stay in touch. And what I would recommend as well, if you can direct message me on Instagram your email address, I will add you to my list. So I'll send you out free content weekly. Send you out a free newsletter with lots of free information on there. Thanks a lot, peeps. Over and out.